Hey, and happy Wednesday. I am so excited to introduce you today to Sarah Sullivan, and especially to the absolutely perfect new artwork that she designed for the podcast, for the Storied Recipe podcast. As we start this conversation together, I need you to understand how incredibly uncomfortable I felt going into this design process. As is obvious to you, I am a white woman. I'm a white woman who, for one thing, regularly shares the stories of people and culture outside of my own. Um, On top of that, I actually create imagery that tries to respectfully represent those cultures. And on top of that, I have both black sons and white sons that I routinely include in my photography and imagery for this show. So long before I began this process, I actually had an exchange with a press outlet, a media outlet that um, made me feel um, confused at best, but really just um, icky, icky about all of these things. And the exchange actually caused me to completely shut down from reaching out to media or even starting down this redesign process for a long time. And I'll share a little bit more about that in the episode. So before this process started, I wouldn't have told you what made a graphic designer good at their job. I would just say if they created good graphics. But now that I've been through this process, I can only wish that every client could find a professional like Sarah. She, um, as she led me through the creative process, I feel like she helped me really confront these feelings of ickiness. She helped me reach out to the audience, to you guys, to clarify these confusions. She gave me a lot of trust um, in what I'm trying to do and, and um, yeah, helped me just resolve a lot of these things that happened. And she ultimately produced a piece of art that exactly, again, resolves all of the problems that I brought to the process. The artwork met every criteria that I laid out ahead of time, and it's really beautiful also. I just feel like it's the perfect representation of what I want to do with this podcast, and I owe it all to Sarah because she can tell you, she will tell you, I didn't know what the heck I was doing. So I'm so grateful to Sarah. I'm super excited to share a little bit today with you about her career and the process that she walks through, um, not only with me, with all of her clients. So that's it. Welcome, Sarah. Well, first of all, I just want to say again, thank you for the podcast art. I love it so much. It's I didn't have a vision, but Mm -hmm. I had goals and it accomplishes, which I think is a much harder thing to give to a graphic designer. And um, you met all my goals and created something that I really, really love. So thank you so much for that. You're welcome. I'm so glad that you liked it. I really do. So tell us a little bit about your background as a graphic designer. Okay. When I was in college, I was a little ambitious and every summer, <laughs> that's a good every, thing. <laughs> in between, um, you know, my years at school, I would do an internship. Mm. Um, and I feel like I learned sometimes when it comes to some things, I feel like I learned a lot more than in a, that I, I feel like I learned a lot more in my internships than I 
Oh. Yeah, cool. mm. Just because you get that experience of working with people in real life situations, mm-hmm. that is kind of sometimes hard to fabricate in school. So mm. I got a lot of internship experience before I ever got an actual job. And then my first job was actually working at a magazine company as a graphic designer. The magazine company, unfortunately, doesn't exist anymore. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, magazine. I've been struggling as of, of late, um, yeah. but um, that was a great first job, you know, to have just kind of, you know, get in the swing of what an actual real life graphic designer job would be. And, you know, mm. I, it wasn't necessarily, you know, my field, but it was not, well, not, it was my field, but it wasn't necessarily my main interest, but it was a job in my field. Mm. And um, sometimes coming out of college, it's not always easy to get a job in your right. field right away. No. So, es- yeah. Especially yeah. in this, in this arena. So was your major, did you major in graphic design? Yes. I majored in graphic okay. design and actually I minored in art history kind wow. of by accident. Um, <laughs> I ended up <laughs> taking so many art history classes that I only needed to take, I don't know, one more. Yeah. It was a might as well situation. (laughs) Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, I'll do that too. And, um, yeah, so I majored in graphic design. Um, I graduated from a little college in Scranton, Pennsylvania called Marywood. Did you Um, really? Of the office fame? That's amazing. Yes. Of the office fame. It's (laughs) actually the day after I, like, I graduated and then we moved all my stuff out of the little apartment I was living in uh-huh. and then the day after I left Scranton um, they had this big parade for the office show and all the cast members were there in downtown Scranton because I guess they had just wrapped up the final season so wow I just, I and you missed it no but uh I don't know it's it's funny it was a cute little place to live but yeah. um Anyway, so I had that magazine job and then I ended up moving to Chicago mm. and um, I got a job at another fun, unique um, place for a graphic designer to work. So I guess working at a magazine is kind of fun and interesting in its own ways. You kind of get to learn the in and outs of mm. how a magazine is pretty and developed. Mm. Mm-hmm. And, um, so working at this next job, it was really fun and interesting in its own way because we designed um, cost. Well, we designed seasonal gift sets. So oh. if you've ever been, yeah. So if you've ever been into a store and you've seen those pre-made Easter baskets that already yeah. have all the candy in them, yeah, or a little uh, Valentine's Day gift set with like uh-huh. a mug and some chocolates or uh-huh. some one of those big Christmas baskets that you would get for your, someone you worked for or a client or a boss that has all the mm-hmm. chocolates mm-hmm. wrapped in. <laughs> so we, uh, that was really fun. It, uh, we designed all those gift sets and sold them to big box stores like um, Walmart and, you know, any place that you would find wow. something like that. So I got to actually see um, my work out in a store. Wow. And, uh, what a feeling. Yeah, 
It was really cool. I do somewhere still have a picture of me at Big Lots. I have a picture of me holding one of the gift sets, that the Easter basket <laughs> gift sets. That's pretty that cool. I, designed. I went there specifically after work one day because I knew they were going to be there at that time. And I, I kind of uh, pulled aside another just random shopper lady in the store to take a picture of me holding mm-hmm. it. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so... That was really fun, you know, learning the ins and outs of that. And also, I've always really loved packaging design. And that Mm -hmm. involved a lot of creative packaging design because we had to design a lot of the packaging for the candies and treats and toys and stuff that went into the baskets. Wow. Um, Wow. Yeah. It was like really a bottom up design. You had to. Yeah. Yeah. And and a little bit of engineering also, too, because the sizes and the shapes and all that. Yeah. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that job for a lot of reasons. Mm. Um, I it was an extremely creative job. I mean, mm. imagine, you know, yeah, you know, designing a basket covered with Easter bunnies or, you know, <laughs> a filling a, a sleigh with different kinds of chocolates and hot yeah. cocos and imagining different gift sets. So that mm. was so creative and fun. And I also really like it because I've always really liked food. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, right. Right. I'm thinking this is amazing because you have a baking blog and I was wondering yes. how the two came together and here, here it is. That's how yeah, it happened. So it was a pretty great job um, because I've always really loved food. And so I also love art and design. And so I got to design packaging and stuff for all of these foods. And I got to come up with concepts for different mm gift sets that somebody might buy somebody else for Christmas or or Easter Valentine's day. And, you know, Mm. we had in the, where I worked, there was a whole um, area where we would build prototypes and people would build prototypes of my designs and they would sometimes use the actual food to get a idea of like the shape and size of what the end product was going to be and the weight and um, the whole back wall of the office was it was like a rack of different chocolates and candies that we had extra and so oh. sometimes <laughs> I would go back there and sneak a chocolate it's, it's like the ultimate break room <laughs> it was really like especially close to Christmas time well maybe more in November October fall time because we started early but um it was really like Santa's workshop yeah <laughs> it was really like there's you know Christmas colors everywhere there's, yeah, Plays, there's ribbons, there's bows, there's chocolate. It was um, it was a lot of fun. Mm. Um, and so I really enjoyed it, but it was kind of a far drive from me where I'm living, um, in the suburbs of Chicago. It was almost depending on traffic, an hour there and an mm. hour back, and that really that is um, a lot. Yeah, that takes it out of you and your schedule. Yeah, it really does. And I also kind of wanted to try something new and maybe see if I could, you know, be a freelance graphic designer Mm. or do something else on my own to just kind of free up my time a little bit, but also Mm -hmm. um, have more control over what I'm doing and what I'm working on. So, so that was kind of funny timing because I made that decision to kind of leave and (laughs) do all this stuff on my own. Oh, mm. it was very close, maybe a month mm. or two. I don't remember exactly, but very close to before mm. COVID started. Yeah. Mm. So kind of, kind of good timing if I had already made that decision, but also kind of strange. Um, 
but anyway, so that's what I've been doing since, you know, I, um, I do a lot of different design work for, um, a lot of different clients, you know, logos, uh, print design, Mm -hmm. packaging design, um, a lot of different things like that. Um, Mm -hmm. And podcast artwork. (laughs) And podcast artwork um, for you. So that's kind of where I am currently in the Mm. design world. That's where I've landed so far. Mm. That which is which is where that's where a lot of people want to land freelancing and taking on their own work. Um, Well, like I said, it was it was just a wonderful process um, working with you, and I knew, I knew I needed help with my logo. Like I, (laughs) I remember when I came up with my podcast artwork, it was, um, I I had one hour before my kids were going to come home from school. This was pre COVID. I've had kids home all day, every day since then. (laughs) One kid has never gone back to school, but it was pre COVID. Um, I had one hour and I said, done is better than perfect. Um, I need yeah. an image with negative space that kind of has a nostalgic feel. I pulled one. I need a font that kind of has a fairy tale look. I found one, put it on, bada bing, bada boom. That's my podcast artwork. <laughs> yeah. And um, as time went on, I started to feel like it was very dull, um, which it was. Mm-hmm. The colors were kind of dull. There was like a, um, it was mostly a neutral background, but it was almost kind of like a grayish, sad neutral. And then, um, uh, like there was this kind of teal color, which I like, but it, it wasn't always very uplifting either. Um, which really doesn't match the dishes that I get from a lot of my guests. Mm -hmm. Um, it doesn't match my photography and it doesn't match the spirit of the podcast. Like I don't want the the podcast to be dull and flat and, um, the other thing and we may talk about this a little bit later, I had gotten uncomfortable. I think I explained to you, I had a really very, very uncomfortable um, exchange uh, when I um, reached out for press from a magazine. Yes, and I remember that. Right. And they, um, it, it was an uncomfortable exchange because the artwork featured my son and mm-hmm. I chose that, like I said, because it had negative space and because his cute little hands looked so adorable with the gingerbread cookies and they conjured up all those feelings of nostalgia, but I'm white and my son is black. And there was this odd exchange when I reached out for press, um, once. And I realized, um, I, I realized I, part of the reason I was getting the press is because my son was on there and I had this just completely yeah uncomfortable yeah yes and and at the time I wasn't willing like to talk about that but the truth is I had chosen a picture of my son but all of a sudden it felt like I was exploiting him when I got this email exchange and um it, it was just so uncomfortable for me um it was so uncomfortable and discouraging and mm-hmm. since that moment i had kind of wanted to change the artwork so those mm-hmm. were kind of the two the two reasons i wanted to change it and like i said i had a feeling that i wanted and i had 
goals to that I like are things that I wanted the artwork to communicate, but I had no vision at all, none, mm-hmm. none. And mm-hmm. um, which which was it was hard for me to reach out because I felt like badly putting that in the lap of a graphic designer. Oh. <laughs> but you did such an amazing job, um, not just with the artwork, but really like leading me through the process. Mm-hmm. And so I. I'd love for you to just, um, you know, tell the listeners like about that process. What's the process that you led me through and that you lead your clients through? Because I imagine that as a freelance graphic designer, that part, the communication and the like walking through the process is just as challenging, if not more so maybe than actually creating the artwork. Yeah. So first I'd like to say uh, to anybody that's looking to mm. um, work with a graphic designer, don't feel badly if you don't have a very specific, <laughs> specific, um, direct vision in mind because, you know, this is our job. This is our mm. job is to help you figure out that vision and maybe start to bring it to life and come out with a final product. Yes, a lot of times some people come. Um, you know, they have a very clear vision. They have, you know, art boards with different inspirations and they, you know, sometimes people even know what they want down to the the font. Um, but it is not rare for a person to come (laughs) and say, I want a logo and I kind of want it to feel Christmassy. And then that's all that they give you, you know, that's, that's not rare at all. There's a, that happens a lot a lot. Mm. And, um, so that's kind of where the process kicks in, but don't ever shy away from working with a graphic designer. Cause you don't have your vision completely mm. set in stone. I- I'm glad you told people that because it did keep me back from reaching out. Yeah. And, um, it's part of what I loved about working with you is you really were so good. So good yeah. about that. Well, thank mm. you. So I guess we can kind of go through, um, our steps, how we worked together. Um, So like you mentioned, you came to me and you didn't have, you know, this specific vision, but you did have a couple different concepts Mm. in mind. Like, you know, I kind of got the, the storytelling Mm -hmm. and the bringing people together Mm -hmm. and maybe warm colors. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) I had a couple things to go off of. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we had um, an introductory um, phone call or maybe it mm-hmm. was a, a video call and we talked about the project and I kind of tried to, you know, get all the information that I could possibly extract and all the ideas mm-hmm. and thoughts that I could possibly extract from you. <laughs> Which were very scattered. (laughs) My thoughts were very scattered. And I was looking back through our emails and like during that phone call, we sent each other like 12 emails back and forth. What about this? Well, what do you like about this? What do you not like about this? It was such a great brainstorming collaborative moment. Like it was really exciting. It was a great brainstorming session. And through that, you know, I feel like I got enough information to start working on some ideas. And I feel like it may have even helped you a little bit, maybe start to clarify and maybe get a little bit narrowed down to more of what you're looking for. It did. It did. And I, and again, like, I think I went into the project with really almost negative feelings. Like uh, I, I had had like this real negative interaction and then I I, I just had such negative feelings about the mm-hmm. whole thing. And then it turned it 
that conversation totally turned that inside out. And I got like, instead of just, I don't want this anymore. It was like what I could have. And I got, I got excited. Yeah. Yeah, We looked, we went on, um, the different places that host podcasts, Mm -hmm. um, Spotify. And I have an app on my phone that's, I think it's just called podcast. But anyway, we went through that and looked at different ones. And yeah, like you said, emailed back and forth and (laughs) tried to get some inspiration. And um, yeah, that's kind of what set the whole thing off. Um, You know, I do remember you being a little like lost about Mm -hmm. it. And um, you know, having a little negative feelings about it, but I do think we came to a better point at the end. And yeah. Um, yeah, I just, I, I feel, I, it feels good to know that I kind of reassured you. A oh bit. yeah. We can do this and we're going to make it through this and we can make this happen. Right. Right. So you, you really did. And I think because then I didn't feel so afraid that's when, um, after the conversation, I turned to Instagram and I put out this, um, this poll where I mm-hmm. asked, I asked three questions because again, I think instead of feeling almost like almost a little shameful, I think about, um, struggling with some of these things. Like there, these are heavy topics of race and family and a multiracial transracial family and images and, and, and exploitation, but not being ashamed. Like they're just such heavy, complicated topics. And I Mm -hmm. think that after we talked it through, I felt real, um, like, okay, it's, it's, it's okay to work this through. And so yeah. I, tr- yeah, yeah. So you helped with that. And then I turned to Instagram and I asked them three questions kind of based on like what, what you and I had kind of struggled through mm-hmm. and the three questions. Um, and thank you for sending these back to me. So You're welcome. <laughs> one, we had talked about, um, I, we, I was really drawn to, I noticed as I scanned through podcast art, I was really drawn to images of the host. Like it just made you feel this immediate connection. So um, I asked people, I said, do you connect with a podcast more immediately when you can picture the host? And 61% said yes. And 39% said no, Mm -hmm. Um, which I wasn't surprised by. I'm going to ask for your feelings in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um, But I had, I had, I had a lot of reservations about having myself on the picture. So then I asked two more. Um, I said, would you make assumptions about my content or guests if you saw my blonde haired, blue eyed white woman self on the cover? And um, this one surprised me a lot. Um, Only 41% said probably and 59% said probably not. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I also asked, um, I just said, I know people want to hear more about my story and I'm working on that. But I'm worried that an image of me, even though it would make people feel more connected, would inappropriately center the podcast around me and not my guests. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really important to me because this podcast really, really, really is about my guest story. And I wanted to communicate that. And yeah. um, 57% of people said that was valid. And 43% of people said I just needed to get over that. Um, but that was enough for me to solidify. Like I had a really strong feeling even though I feel like there's huge benefits to having a, a picture or at least a representation of the podcast host on the cover, I didn't, I didn't feel like that was for me. I just felt mm-hmm. like it would, it would send the wrong message about the podcast. So I'm curious if you were surprised by any of those answers and if they directed, like if they, if they gave you direction at all. 
listeners, thank you again for tuning in today. So since over 40% of you, when you um, responded to my survey in 2021, over 40% of you said that a weekly podcast was just too much to keep up with right now. So I will be taking the fourth week off every month. um, And next week is the first week off in 2022. So please take a moment right now to subscribe right there in your podcast player, or find the link in the show notes to subscribe to the newsletter. Um, That way we will not fall out of touch even as we take the fourth week off apart from each other. So I will still be sending the newsletter every Friday morning, even in the off weeks. I'll be including in the off weeks links to the episodes um, from all the earlier episodes in the month, some bonus updates as well. So that's it. That's my message to you. Please go ahead, subscribe right now. Again, either just hit the subscribe button right there in your player so you will get a notification when I'm back in two weeks, or scroll down through the show notes to the link to subscribe to um, the Storied Recipe newsletter. Back to Sarah. Well, um, the first question that you posed on Instagram where you were just basically asking, hold on, could you could you read that one again? Oh, yeah, yeah. That's the one it said, um, do you connect with a p- podcast more immediately when you can picture the oh, host? Oh, yeah, yeah. I am not surprised that a mm-hmm. lot of people, you know, agreed with that. Yeah, it's just like, I, I think about how I like to read and I like to read, you know, a, I don't know, let's say a fantasy book when someone's narrating it or you're hearing about someone in the book, I always kind of picture that person in my mind and what they look like. And I can right. keep that with me throughout the whole book. Cause naturally you're kind of curious, but also it kind of helps you follow along with the story and it connects you more with the story. And I think a similar thing is happening there with a podcast. Mm-hmm. Feel, it's a great comparison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you feel a bit more connected with whoever's hosting, even though you may not know them personally. Um, you kind of get a sense, like a better sense that you have a better knowledge yeah. of who they are. Yeah. More, uh, more connected. Um, and then the, I'll tell you the other thing. The one thing that did surprise me, and like you're saying, it's kind of a touchy subject, is... Um, the question you had about, you know, if you saw a blue-eyed, blonde, white woman on this artwork, you know, would you think that, I can't remember how you phrased it. I said, would you make assumptions about my content or my guests? Yes. Yeah. And when we talked on the meeting before you put Mm -hmm. these questions on Instagram, I, my response was automatic. Like I would not make assumptions at all. And Mm -hmm. um, I was surprised how many people said that they might. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I think that might be teaching things about me, but also um, I'm wondering if it's a perspective thing. Um, Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there's, there's actually, there, there is a, um, there's another layer to this question because Mm -hmm. I don't usually necessarily do this, but you know, in Instagram, when you get poll results, you can look at who mm-hmm. polled. And um, so first of all, the responses to this was huge. It was like several hundreds. Um, and it was interesting because the probably not category, the people who would not make assumptions about me or my content, this was really interesting to me. And it told me a lot, was overwhelmingly full of people who know me 
or Mm -hmm. who had followed the podcast for a long time. So I felt like that number and the probably that they would probably make an assumption about it was full of people who didn't know me or have much of a connection with the podcast, like didn't know me personally. And so that to me was like, even though 4159 was a big difference in my mind, it was like the difference is even bigger than that. Because mm-hmm. if that's the first thing you saw about the podcast. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. If mm, you're trying to get new listeners mm-hmm, um, yeah, to come on board. Exactly. Right. And I think maybe that's um, why I had my opinion is because I knew of your podcast. Mm, you know, I right. follow you on Instagram, I listened to your podcast and I knew the different people that you interviewed already and the different, you know, recipes that were shared and everything. So maybe my opinion was already informed in that way. Yeah. Um, but it is kind of an interesting question and it really makes me think, um, it just makes me think like if I ever am looking for a new podcast to kind of take a step back and think about how I'm, I don't know how to phrase what I'm saying. Um, yeah. But just, just what are you reading of, into the artwork? Right. But on the other hand, it really emphasizes how important your job is because that's yeah. what artwork is for. It's exactly. to Especially make an graphic Im- design. Correct. Yeah. It's to like make an immediate impression. And so it's why, yeah you know, working with someone like you who was so open to hearing about what I had to say and kind of my fears and my discomforts and really was like open to that, why it was so important, you know, um, because mm-hmm. that, that is what it's for. We are supposed to read into it. It's supposed to communicate something. to Yes. Us. Yes. Mm. And that's just something I'm, I'm just going to keep in mind from now on just mm. looking, looking at podcasts and stuff in that way that maybe in a way that I hadn't, thought about before just Mm. just thinking about it in that way um Mm. so anyway it was just kind of interesting it was just kind of interesting yeah it it was fascinating to me and really helpful yeah Mm. yeah and so um after you got those results I feel like we got more even more information about the direction Mm -hmm. we were supposed to be going in um I feel like the more information we got and the further we went, we kind of whittled down what we were going to have this podcast art look like. I yeah. think maybe I had sent you some designs before uh, we got that polling information. That um, might sound about after, right. Yeah. yeah, just after the initial yeah. chat. And we kind of got the base for what we were eventually going to call the final product there, but it needed that more information that you got from the polling, which I feel like was not just including yourself Mm -hmm. on the cover, but also including another person, that other person that you would be talking to. Right. And maybe somebody that has a different culture or background or heritage than you do. Right. Um, I think, right. I think it did two things. One, we, we had really kicked around the idea of including my photography because that's kind of a big part of the concept. And I think that those results allowed us to like definitively decide against that because Mm -hmm. the storytelling images necessarily include an element of a human. And we didn't want that. 
one image to be like decisively one race or another. Um, We just felt like it was going to limit like if the podcast is a celebration of cultures, we yes. felt like depicting one definitively would yeah. l- like limit that celebration. And so we wanted to, exactly. um, yeah, we wanted to like depict multiple and we wanted to leave it somewhat ambiguous so that there would be like a connection to a lot of yeah. people. So I feel like we ticked off a lot of boxes. Yeah, that, that, that's what you did. I was like, how in the world did this girl do this? I was It's so... like a puzzle. It's uh, yeah. just like a puzzle. You know, you know, all the different, it makes me think of my mom because she went mm. to college for um, engineering. It's kind of mm. cool. When she went to college, she uh, was, was maybe one of the four women that were in the whole engineering program wow. and everybody else was a male, but she just, um, she just, um, would talk to me about how a problem like this, almost as if you're trying to pack your suitcase for vacation and put everything in, mm. it's just like a puzzle. You have to move things around and try different things until it all fits together. And, mm. uh, that's kind of what design is like, especially for things like this podcast art we did and logos, especially as you're trying to jam all these different concepts into one thing that is cohesive, but also <laughs> says a lot of different things. <laughs> right. So it's, you know, the concept of here's this one thing, but it also so says a lot of different things, but at the yeah. same time, it says this one thing. <laughs> well, that's so, um, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, well, it's, it's interesting because the, one of the questions I had here is like, do you get, do you get blank page syndrome. I mean, do you just, Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, well, (laughs) open up. What are you designing? Photoshop or? Um, I mainly, well, it depends what I'm doing, but, um, mainly illustrator, Adobe. Okay. So that's what I did your cover art in. Okay. Okay. So I'm just imagining you opening up illustrator and it's like, well, here's, here's a square, you know, uh, I go to Canva, yeah. I start with a template, like you just, oh, yeah. you're looking at this blank square. And so how, how do you even, I mean, is that a common part of the process for you that you just, it, it, it's, it's like, I, I just feel like that's the most overwhelming thing in the world to just look at this white square. Oh, yeah. How do you approach that? That is overwhelming. So I do not start that way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, you know, everybody has their different, you know, procedure. Um, mm. I think over the years, I found a way that works best for me, which is I have a little journal. Mm-hmm. And let's, well, we'll apply it to your situation, uh, to the cover art. And I knew all the information that I had about it. And usually when I am starting to think of ideas for the cover art, or if it's a logo, or if it's a pamphlet or whatever, um, I just, I start writing down words. Mm-hmm. So it's, it starts with writing, not even drawing for me. I write down, Interesting. um, a list of words that have to do with the project that I'm working on. So for the cover art, you know, I started writing down a list, you know, we wanted um, multicultural working together, storytelling, um, a little whimsical. And (laughs) I just kept, you know, right. Even if it's a simple word, like food, you know, Mm. dessert, 
dinner, baking, mm-hmm. um, stories, typewriters. What do you, you know, what are all the things that have to do with telling a story? What are mm-hmm. all the, the things that you can think about that have to relate to um, multiple cultures and being multicultural? And what are all the things that you can think about that would represent food? What are the images that you mm-hmm. could use if you could only represent food with one image. Um, so writing, that really helps me because, you know, I don't know, it just gets me started. And then once I I have that and I've written a lot of ideas, usually it kind of naturally involves into me, you know, getting a good idea for the actual artwork from mm-hmm. that. So I'll kind of move on and start maybe sketching out a few ideas. Still in the notebook. You haven't opened yeah, Illustrator yet. Yeah, still in the yet. notebook. Mm. And you're not doing anything, you know, in depth. My sketches mm. are, you know, quite rough. Um, mm. but You're just dipping sketch- the toe in the water. <laughs> yes. So just sketching out. Okay. So before I even, you know, bother to open my computer, I'm just going to sketch out these. Here's my three ideas. And these are what I'm going to move on and develop in the computer. And, um, So once you get to that phase, you know, I like to, especially if I'm working with someone in a situation where they don't have a very specific Mm -hmm. idea in mind, I think it's always good to start off with multiple options because Mm -hmm. then you can kind of start to narrow things down and maybe get a better idea of where you want to go after visually seeing them. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where we started off. And then you know, we got more information. And after you seeing some things we had, I had a better idea based on your responses, what you were looking for. Mm -hmm. And then things got narrowed down more and a little bit more. And, um, yeah, you know, that after that initial jump, that starting point, it's more of just, um, you know, designs and some edits and continuing to learn and move forward until you get that final, yeah. Product. And like I said, it's a different for everybody. You know, sometimes people come and they tell me exactly what they want and then I, mm-hmm. you know, shoot right. it out to them and that's it. Yeah. But um, <laughs> for, for our progress, our process, this is what it was like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then when you, um, once you, I, I guess I'm, I'm curious, I guess now about like the, emo- like I've, and super open on this call about my emotional experience of going through this process. And as I create even images for my episodes, like I go through an emotional experience and I get very, and that this can be quite a hindrance. I get very attached to mm-hmm. my images. And sometimes a year later, I'll look back and be like, oh, that was really good, but I have a totally negative emotion attached to it. Or I remember thinking that image was amazing, but I was just attached to it because of some reason that no one else would ever Uh understand, you know? And so I'm curious about how do you, do you just like pour yourself into these initial designs or do you go, well, they're not going to pick, you know, I think you gave me four, for instance, like they're not Mm -hmm. even going to go direct in the direction of 75% of them. So I'm going to just put something out here. So how emotionally attached do you get? And also along those lines, um, I, I know you expressed like you had a favorite with the very first one. And I was like, I mean, I was 
all in with the concept of the two, the two women's hands reaching in like that. I immediately knew that that was the Mm -hmm. one for me. So do you, um, how, how do you deal with that emotionally? Like if a client doesn't necessarily choose, or even if a client would reject something that you're like, I know this is a good design. I know Mm -hmm. this would work for you. How do you, how do you deal with all that? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, that's something you learn day one in art Mm, school. (laughs) Um, there's, there's always, you know, critiques in class and um, it, it's something that you, you get used to is people giving you constructive criticism on their work or even if you don't want to call it criticism, maybe more direction mm. or a different direction in that regard. So I'm, I'm very, I'm used to it. And mm. I don't take it negatively. If anything, I take it positively. I, I want to wow. know so that I can create something that you're satisfied with. Because mm. at the end of the day, that's my goal. I'm trying to create something that you're satisfied with. I mean, of course, I want to do it also in a way that I think is visually pleasing and mm-hmm. is going to achieve whatever goals that you're trying to achieve. And, um, you know... Maybe if I, I picked a certain font uh, mm-hmm. or a font size or a color, I might explain why I picked that. You mm-hmm. know, you know, I picked this because you said you wanted the title to stand out the most and this font really stands out. Maybe mm-hmm. if you don't like this bold font, maybe we could look for a different bold font so that you're more happy with the font, but it still stands out like you wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's ways to direct people um, towards something that they want, but also visually as a designer, I know will work for what they are trying to achieve. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I always, always welcome feedback. I think that's a very important part of the process, especially when you don't necessarily know what you want. Uh, mm-hmm. That's the only way that you can sometimes figure out what you want is through mm-hmm. figuring out what you don't want. Um, so um, that's an amazing yeah. attitude to have. And I'm imagining that's, I'm, 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 I'm guessing that's probably something that separates you from a lot of other graphic designers, just because not just, gra- I, I think people in general, speaking for myself, for sure, like we have a very hard time taking taking on feedback from mm-hmm. something that is so um, like, like when you create something, this isn't like a test you took. It's like you created it. You did ultimately yes. start from a blank page of paper and create something, which is a very difficult act. It really is. Yeah. And so I think all of us have a hard time taking on um, taking on, you know, feedback from that. And so it, it, I, I really admire that that's your approach. Oh, I have a lot to learn you. from that. I really do. And oh, I, yeah, in yeah. the design world, it happens all the time. And it's not even necessarily, you know, someone giving you feedback that they didn't like something. Sometimes people just completely change their mind. You know, yeah. I want to, I want a <laughs> logo with hearts on it. And a monkey and then they you design it for them and then the next day they say oh I changed my mind I want something completely different so (laughs) you know it's just you got to roll with the punches this is part of the the business really and I think Mm -hmm. uh it's all about how you react to that and how you move forward from that 
and eventually how you come to the final product, that's what's important in the end. Mm. And, you know, yeah. you got to kind of sometimes, sometimes know when to leave your ego at the door and sometimes know when it might be beneficial for you to kind of say, Hey, you know, I really think this would be good for you or, Hey, we yeah. might want to consider this de- design concept. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, good for you. Good for you. Oh, and um, Yeah. I, I admire it. And again, I just want to reiterate, I think I, I, I feel like, I feel like the design is, is, is truly, truly perfect for the podcast. Um, I really do. It, it really communicates like it's, it's, it communicates warmth. It communicates Mm -hmm. women working together. It communicates like a celebration of different cultures and, um, flavors and skin colors. Um, yeah, it really does. I think it's inviting, um, it's bold and it's bright and it somehow feels like my photography, even though it's, it's, a totally, um, yeah, it, like it's an illustration. And I yes, just, I, I think you t- completely hit it out of the park. And I, oh, good. I really, I just, I, I would love people listening to reach out to you. Um, that's really, oh, yeah. So I'm so happy. So I do want to wrap up with just one more question. I know we've gone like mm-hmm. 15 minutes over already, but do you oh, mind geez. if I just, <laughs> oh, go ahead. It's fine. It's fine. Well, this is just again, more about about you because this isn't a typical episode, but you are a baker and mm-hmm. um, you are a blogger. And I mm-hmm. am curious if this was a typical episode, what recipe would you share with me and my listeners and why would you choose it? What's the story associated with it? Okay. Well, um, yeah, I am a baker and I, I do post on Instagram some mm-hmm. recipes and photos and um I don't know if I'm a traditional blogger because I don't have an official blog for just baking right now, but in the future, I hope to. Mm. Um, I've kind of taken a bumblebee path when it comes to all this. Well, you're you're a busy and successful uh, designer, so (laughs) (laughs) you've got that going on. Yeah, Yeah. so, um, but I do hope to become a little bit more organized Mm. with that in the future. However, uh, I, I don't remember if I mentioned this to you um, when we were first talking, but I've also gotten the chance to create recipes and write articles and be a contributor for Edible Magazine. Have you heard of Edible? I have, yeah. Yeah, so um, Edible Finger Lakes, actually where I'm originally from. I've been mm-hmm. contributing to them for about a year and um, it's been a really fun experience. And one of the first recipes I shared with them is actually not a baked good. Um, I also develop um, regular, you know, just dinner or lunch or any kind of food recipes. And it is a recipe that we would often eat in the colder months and it's starting to get colder. Mm. Um, It's this Italian chicken soup Mm. um, that is kind of a recipe that's been passed down through generations of my family. It's, Mm. it's, really like um italian wedding soup except instead of those mini meatballs mm-hmm. you just do like a shredded up rotisserie chicken mm. and Delicious. oh it's just it warms the soul on oh. a cold winter day <laughs> and uh mm. i think that would be the recipe i would share right now i was outside a little earlier and it was cold and i was thinking yeah. about that yeah <laughs> Wonderful. Well, we're going to release this in January. It will still be cold. Yes, it will um, still be cold. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I 
that's that's how you make me feel <laughs> like oh. warm on a cold day and your design as well. So oh, good. <laughs> that's that's perfect. So Sarah, can you tell everyone where they can find you first um, on Instagram for your for your yeah. um, food and your recipes, but also if they are interested in design, where can they find you? Okay, so I guess we'll start with Instagram. If you want to make one of my recipes or just look at some pretty pictures of food, Mm -hmm. um, you can go follow me. It is at Sarah Lynn dot bakes. And that's Sarah with no H and that Lynn is spelled L Y N N. Yes. And it's definitely going to be in the show notes. Everybody will just be able to click on it. Oh, okay, cool. Yep. Yeah. And if anybody's interested in design work, uh, they can email me Sarah Lynn Sullivan nine at gmail.com. Okay. Wonderful. Okay. Sarah, I really enjoyed this conversation. Again, I loved working with you. I'm looking forward to staying in touch and um, thanks for sure. Yeah. Thank you for my beautiful podcast art and thank you for your time tonight. You're welcome. I can't wait to see it up. Yeah, I know. I'm going to release it when I release this episode. So that'll be perfect. Yeah. Okay. Well, Merry Christmas. I hope you have a great time in New York. Oh, Merry Christmas to you. All right. I'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Thanks again so much to Sarah for her phenomenal problem-solving skills, for her emotional support through this process, and for this beautiful new artwork that you all see in your players. You can find her contact information right there in the show notes. I would love it if you would reach out to her. One final reminder before I sign off that this, the best way to support the podcast is one, to leave a five-star review, or two, to shop the Story Recipe Print Shop. That's where I sell the best of the best images representing and celebrating my guest stories, representing and celebrating the beautiful gift that nature and produce is to us and extraordinary light. So again, I'll be back in February with Chiara Pinchina. She grew up in a small Mennonite congregation in Southern Louisiana, then went to Haiti, met and married a Haitian man, and now lives in Port-au-Prince. She just has a lot to share with us about cross-cultural experiences, about being in place and out of place, um, about some of the really difficult things that Haitians are going through now since the assassination of the president, and really some beautiful words for us about generosity and faith, and the most fun recipe I've ever received here on the podcast ever. So I'm looking forward to sharing that story with you in two weeks. And in the meantime, have a great two weeks, my friends.